how is this out and about? Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. Man, what a dud for me coming out of the All-Star break, huh? One and three Thursday on the Bet Slippin' Podcast first podcast back well the nba's first day back after the all-star break real stinky uh dropped my 2022 record at 60 and 47 so it was a very disappointing start to the second half of the season but hopefully we can get right here friday february 25th there's a nine game slate in the nba tonight for us to to take some shots at i have three best bets my three best bets tonight are the minnesota timberwolves plus two and a half points hosting the Philadelphia 76ers. Then I'm going to take the New Orleans Pelicans uh, plus 6.5 as they visit the Phoenix Suns. And then I'm going to take the Los Angeles Clippers plus 102 money line um, in the Battle of Los Angeles against the Lakers, who are minus 125 favorites in their um, shared building, uh, the Crypto.com Arena. But uh, before I get into that and and um, do a quick recap of Thursday's performance, let me shout out the uh, sponsor of this podcast, Tipico Sportsbook. They're the odds provider for the Bet Slippin' Podcast, and they're in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with their easy mobile sportsbook app. There's also a, uh, a bonus available via usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. So uh, new users of Tipico can get a special welcome bonus um, if you listen to this podcast by going through that link. Terms and conditions do apply. You must be 21 or older to play. So please see their website for details. If you have a gambling problem, though, um, please remember to gamble responsibly and call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey or 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado for any um, assistance with your gambling issues. Um, again, please remember to gamble responsibly. Okay, so I was 1-3 um, Thursday, first day back from the All-Star break. I took the Boston Celtics, or the Brooklyn Nets, excuse me, plus 8.5 as a host of the Boston Celtics. Um, I didn't get closing line value in that. I think it got up to 9.5 before tip-off, and Boston was clearly the right side. Uh, regardless of my analysis, it was all bullshit, essentially, because Boston was plus 10 in rebounds, um, and they outshot Brooklyn from behind the arc 40.5% to 24.1%, which more or less was the difference in the game. Um, And you can look to the three-point shooting percentages in the box score most times to tell the difference in the NBA games. But I was on the wrong side of this one, so whatever, we'll just move on. Uh, The one winner that I hit was the Chicago Bulls, minus 3.5. Um, they eked past Atlanta 112 to 108, so barely gave us the cover. Javante Green needed to cash in both free throws um, in the final seconds of the game to push us over that minus three and a half. But DeMar DeRozan was sensational. Uh, continues to be sensational as a legit MVP contender. Scored 37 points and 15 to 21 shooting. Um, Chicago actually outshot Atlanta from everywhere on the floor, so. That was pretty much the difference in that game. It was just Chicago knocking shots down. It's a make-or-miss league, as they say. Uh, Bulls were um, shooting better from the field than Hawks. Uh, we whiffed with the Memphis money line against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They lost 119-114. to 
Uh, they spoil the plus 17 rebound and plus 15 free throw attempt game the Grizzlies did in a loss to Minnesota. It was a tough back and forth game. Um, not much to say. It was a coin flip price. Uh, Minnesota won the coin flip this time around. I thought Memphis was going to handle them for all the reasons that I gave yesterday, but it was on the wrong side of that one. So that's another whiff. Um, and then the third game that we lost on again, we went one and three on Friday. Um, but we took the under two seventeen and a half in the Phoenix Suns Oklahoma City Thunder game. That was actually my best bet. I love that game. And uh, it was 48-45 after the first half. So we were trending really well. And then the game soared over the total. It finished 124-104. to 104. Uh, We were on the wrong side of the closing line. I got gave it out at 217.5. And then it closed at around 220.5. Um, five of the eight total quarters um, by both teams combined um, um, were more than 30 points. So... We were the wrong side of this one, uh, despite the first half trending well under the total. Um, that's all good and fine, but, you know, worst closing line value. Again, three, uh, five quarters with 30-plus points out of the two teams. So it sucks how it happened, and that was a play that I loved. Uh, as I was watching it, it was kind of crazy. I mean, I just think Phoenix, um, the game was a lot closer than the score final score indicated, first of all. Um, it was like a five-point game within the last five minutes. But Phoenix, they got into a, a shootout, and Phoenix hit its shots. OKC, I thought, played a little too fast, played a little too aggressively, um, and were a lot less efficient. But one and three Friday, it sucks, whatever. Hopefully we can end, well, this business week on a winning note. I might come back tomorrow with some more picks. I'll see how I feel, how the slate or the board looks tomorrow but again i got three best bets in the friday games i'm taking the minnesota timberwolves plus two and a half they're hosting the philadelphia 76ers again minnesota uh beat memphis last night which game we were on the wrong side of doesn't play much into this handicap um the timberwolves are 32 and 28 uh 76ers are 35 and 23 they're actually the three seed and three games back for uh first place in the east of uh behind Chicago. Uh, Minnesota's in the seventh seed, two and a half games back of Denver for the sixth in the West. Uh, Minnesota beat Philly, actually, 121 to 120 in overtime um, in their first meeting this season. But this is a, a series that Philly has pretty much dominated over the years. Um, and beat 6-2 and two straight up versus Cat all time. Um, and the, the probably the biggest news story about this game heading into uh, the, the game is is – uh, the debut of of Sixers point guard or shooting guard, whatever combo guard, James Harden, former MVP candidate. They obviously traded him before the trade, uh, before the deadline. Uh, for Ben Simmons, they also added Seth Curry and Andre Drummond to that trade, which hurts um, Minnesota or Philly's depth. Um, that's one of the factors of this game and why I like Minnesota plus two and a half. Uh, they average 35.7 points, uh, bench points per game, whereas Philly's averaging 27.7 bench points per game. So an eight bench point uh, margin in favor of Minnesota. And Philly's bench points per game is ranked 27th in the NBA. Again, they're going to get a little, um, they're a little less deep because they got rid of Seth Curry and they really don't have any bigs outside of Joel Embiid. I, I think. 
uh, Minnesota could mop Philly in the non in the minutes that Joel Embiid's not off the floor. Uh, Andre Drummond's a pretty good defensive rebounding big, and they just have no one um, to rebound outside of Joel Embiid. And they actually are a below average defensive rebounding team as it is, and they give up I think the twentieth or they're ranked twentieth and second chance points allowed per game, second chance points per game allowed. Um, and Minnesota crashes the glass at a crazy rate, um, and they they score a lot of second-chance points. Also, there's some reverse line movement. I mentioned this yesterday um, with Minnesota. Minnesota was getting reverse line movement. We had decided to ignore it when we probably shouldn't have, right? It should have been the, the, the reason for a stay away, if anything. But um, all the money's on Philly, but the line's moving towards Minnesota. So that suggests that the odds makers are either taking sharp money on Minnesota, which isn't reflected in the betting splits necessarily, or uh, they're trying to lay a trap. I'm also fading the debut of Harden. I think it's going to take time for him and uh, Joel Embiid to, to gel. And um, we may see uh, less Harden or Embiid offense since both are ball stoppers. If if one of which defers to the other, it could be some clunky offensive possessions. Also, this is typically a spot Philly underperforms in. Obviously, they're coming off a long rest, you know, with the All Star break just um, passing. But they're seven and eight straight up versus teams in the second of a back to back, and they have a minus two point eight TS differential, which is ranked twenty fifth. Um, and they're also an NBA worst four and ten against the number when playing with a rest advantage, and they have a minus five ATS differential. So it's not a good spot for Philly. Better spot for Minnesota. They're a deeper team. Um, we're getting some reverse line movement towards Minnesota, and I think the um, addition of Harden is uh, mostly overrated. In in this sense, I, I I don't like the fit between him and Embiid just because Harden has been a complete dud for the past two years and he's a ball stopper. Um, and I, I really am not a fan of, uh, ball stoppers. I think there's a handful of guys in the NBA in the history of the NBA that can justify being a, a ball stopper and, and someone you could build around. So I'm not huge about the Harden addition. Maybe it blows up in my face this game, but let's take the Timberwolves plus two and a half. Next game, I, I told you about this um, and recent bet slip and podcast, and, and, and yesterday I think when I uh, took the under in the Suns Thunder game. But I'm going with the Pelicans plus six and a half as they visit the Phoenix Suns. Um, I do anticipate Phoenix regressing or uh, coming a little bit back, falling a little bit back towards the pack um, with CP3 sideline with a hand injury. They are first in the West. Um, New Orleans is 12th in the West, so they're a game and a half back of Portland for the 10th and final play-in seed. So it's kind of now or never for New Orleans. Um, They are fully healthy with the exception of Zion Williamson. No one knows what's up with that guy. Phoenix did beat New Orleans earlier this season, 123-110, to January 4th. And they're 5-1 straight up and against the number in the last six versus NOLA. So um, Phoenix has its way against New Orleans. Uh, most of the money is on Phoenix, but the line is moving toward New Orleans. So we have a reverse line movement heading towards the Big Easy. Again, 80% of the money is on Phoenix, but it's down from Phoenix laying eight and a half, or excuse me, eight points on the opener down to six and a half at most books. It's six and a half at Tipico, our sponsor of this podcast. And I just think New Orleans matches up pretty well with um, Phoenix, uh, Sands, Chris Paul. 
C.J. McCollum has outplayed Devin Booker in their head-to-head. Granted, C.J. McCollum was playing for Portland Trailblazers when he accumulated these stats, but um, he's averaging uh, roughly half the turnovers that Devin Booker's averaging. He averages 24.5 points. Devin Booker's 23.4 um, points per game, and there are 16 head-to-head meetings. He's out shooting them 50% to 43% from the field, 46 to 37% from behind the arc. And I like how Jonas Valanciunas matches up with uh, Phoenix big DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is outscoring him 21 to 14.5 points per game and outshooting him 68.3 to 54% from the field. Also, Phoenix struggles on the second of a back-to-back, and they're getting a fully rested New Orleans team. Uh, Phoenix is 5-6. and six. Against the number in the second of a back-to-back, New Orleans is 12 and 10 against the spread with a rest edge. Obviously, they have a pretty big rest edge in this case since Phoenix just played last night. Um, and a game that again was a lot closer than the final score indicates. Philly, Phoenix, excuse me, pulled away late in that one, um, but Thunder gave them all they could handle for three and a half quarters. And I, I think the the blowout of uh, um, the Thunder last night. Gives a little extra value for New Orleans, just like the market's assuming, eh, you know, the Suns aren't missing Chris Paul, but they could have easily lost that game. Um, and and because of all the, you know, previous analysis, I'll go with the Pelicans, plus six and a half here. My third and final game, it's the, uh, I, think, I think it's the primetime game on, uh, maybe it's on ESPN, it's the Battle of Los Angeles. So it tips off 10 o'clock, the 30 and 31 Clippers are, Meeting the Los Angeles Lakers at the Crip, 27 and 31 are the Lakers. I'm just going to take the Clippers plus 102 on the money line. Uh, these teams are neck and neck in seeding. Clippers are in the eighth seed, one and a half games ahead of the Lakers, who are the ninth seed. Um, so both are trending towards playing in the play-in uh, for the Western Conference playoffs. The Clippers are two and one straight up, but one and one against the number versus LA this season. But they've they've owned the Lakers. Um, over the past decade, I mean, they're five and one straight up and against the spread in the last six against the Lakers. They have five straight victories. Um, the Clippers are better coached. I'll take Ty Lue over Frank Vogel. Uh, the Clippers are fifth in clutch net rating and they're 18 and 13 straight up in the clutch. This game is priced as a coin flip, so it figures to come down to the final possessions. In fact, the last Clippers Lakers game came down to the final possessions and the Clippers just play better um, and closely contested games um, and the Clippers along those lines are four and two against the spread as a small underdog the Lakers are three and five against the spread as a small favorite and the most important thing and the most obvious thing here is that the Lakers are just a dumpster fire everyone's blaming Russell Westbrook for the shortcomings of this team but they've just for a, ver- a variety of reasons have never had the time to gel and probably weren't going to um probably weren't going to gel in the first place. I mean, the fit of Russell Westbrook and and LeBron James is terrible. It's not a good fit at all. They need to put shooters around LeBron James, or typically that's how you get the most out of a LeBron James team. And Russell Westbrook is a guy who needs the ball, dominates the ball, and isn't a good outside shooter. Plus, you have the injury of Anthony Davis viciously rolling his ankle before the All-Star game. And if you just... 
listen to LeBron's comments over the All-Star break, it seems like he's checked out. You know, the loss of AD obviously plays a role into that. He's talking about playing with his son um, at the end of his career. Whenever his son comes to the NBA, he's criticized Rob Palenka, the Lakers GM in the front office. Obviously, he's coming out of vacation, so maybe he's just still in vacation mode, still in all-star break mode, and he mentioned returning to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, that doesn't sound like a guy um, eager or ready to make um, a second-half charge, and they need LeBron James to be sensational if the Lakers are going to make it out of the plane. I mean, they're probably not going to make it out of the plane, but even if they want to... Um, survive the play-in and make the playoffs. They need LeBron to be sensational since we don't know when Anthony Davis is coming back. That that ankle roll is pretty bad. They're saying they're going to reevaluate him, I think, in six or eight weeks. We'll see if he ever plays, but uh, if he plays again this season. And I actually think Kawhi Leonard could come back. I'm really high in the Clippers moving forward, but for this game specifically, Clippers just own the Lakers Everything is going wrong with the Lakers or the sky is falling down, at least here in L.A. with the Lakers. And um, and most of the money is on the Lakers because they figure LeBron James will get it together in the second half of the season. And the Clippers don't have a good roster. And you know what? They're right. But the Clippers have a far more cohesive roster and a much better coach. I'm out. That's it. That's the end of this podcast. Quick recap on my best bets. I'm going with the Timberwolves plus two and a half. Hosting the Philly 76ers. I'm taking the New Orleans Pelicans plus six and a half as they visit the Phoenix Suns. And I'm taking the Clippers money line in the Battle of Los Angeles against the Lakers. Just a friendly reminder before I get out of here always shop for the best numbers before making your bets. And always check the most up to date injury reports. Best of luck today, and I'll holler at y'all tomorrow. Thought I'd see if anybody wanted to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire.